What's happening, everybody? Welcome inside an all-new episode of the Talking Audio Podcast. Matt Robinson coming to you from our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. I've been looking forward to doing this one for a little while now. Uh, I know you have as well. I've gotten messages from a lot of you asking when the Scotty Mac episode is going to drop. It's dropping right now. You're hearing it. You're hearing me tee it up right now. Scott MacArthur is here today. Uh, going to be great to catch up with him. I have to warn you, and I hope you be patient because this only lasts for a minute or two. Scotty talked to us while he was out for a bit of a walk in his new adopted home province of Nova Scotia. And at the very beginning of our chat, because our timing is, is just that good, uh, a train rolled by not too far from the path he was walking along. So in the background, there is some fairly annoying noise that that train is making. And as Scotty points out, Halifax, that this train is on the way to, is a port city. So it's a pretty long train with a couple of bins, right? All kinds of stuff being shipped out there to God knows where. Probably a bunch of cars that were stolen from Toronto on this train uh, getting ready to uh, to be put on a boat and sent off to never be found again. Uh, anyway, I would encourage you to stick with it. It only lasts for a couple of minutes, and Scotty is bringing gold through the entire conversation, talking about him, talking about his move, talking about a lot of things that are important to him, and then, of course, towards the end, some Blue Jays as well, uh, getting into all of that as they get ready to start their their postseason against the Minnesota Twins on Tuesday. So I just wanted to put that out there. If you hear that noise and you're kind of like, ah... I don't want to hear an hour of this. It isn't an hour of that. It passes after a couple of minutes. We do apologize, but uh, yeah, he he just thought it might be kind of fun to to have this conversation while he was out on his walk. And uh, yeah, the rail traffic did not agree with us at that point. So um, we appreciate your patience on that. Like I said, it only lasts a couple of minutes into the conversation and then the, and then the train pulls away. So uh, I also want to remind you guys that next week, uh, as the Ottawa Senators and Toronto Maple Leafs kick off their seasons, Graham Nichols and Jeff Fayette will be back respectively to tee up those, uh, you know, to do the, the season preview shows for the senators and for the Leafs. Uh, the senators episode will drop next Wednesday, the 11th, as, uh, the Sens will start their season that night against the Carolina hurricanes. The Leafs start a night later against the Montreal Canadiens on Thursday, the 12th. So that's when we'll drop the, uh, Jeff Fayette episode talking about, uh, uh, teeing up the season for the Leafs. Uh, with that all out of the way, let's get right to uh, our buddy, Scott MacArthur. With that, let's bring him in, a guy who uh, I've, I've told the story on the podcast before, actually our first ever sports media, mem- uh, you know, mainstream sports media guy who, who bothered to ever come into our studio. I've said a couple different times that AJ Jackubeck is our first sports media guest, but he phoned it in that first time. He's been in since, we've let him off the hook, but that was a phoner. Scotty was the first uh, guy to ever come in and give us the time of day, and uh, I'm happy to be catching up with him. Scott MacArthur's here. What's happening today, man? Well, I mean, Matt, I'm, I'm, I'm honored. I didn't know that, but I'm, I'm honored that I'm that guy. You, you must've lured me with, uh, some alcoholic beverages. That, that must've been, there was, was some that of that. the selling. I mean, it, it can't just be the warm and fuzzy. My, my bright smile. No, it, it, that wasn't the yeah. thing that, uh, that brought anybody in here. I, uh, I can remember, um, I reached out to you. It's Grey Cup Week 2017, and you and I have never spoken before. You don't know me from Adam. And I said, you know, do you want to come in? And, you know, you were in town doing Radio Row here in uh, in Ottawa on behalf of TSN 1050. And so uh, I invited you in, and you said yes for God knows what reason, other than just because you're a good guy. And we're kind of working our way through the conversation, and we're having a beer or two. And we, I think we're on our first beer. That week, 
our our uh, our Grey Cup Week stuff is being sponsored by a local brewery, the Need a Beer Company. So you come in, and we're all drinking out of uh, our own growlers. And I ask you a question about Shohei Otani. This is the winter. He's being posted. He's going to come over to America. And you say to me, well, I'm happy to get into that with you, but I didn't come out here for just one beer. Like, are we not going <laughs> to... Are we going to get another one here? Are we doing something? And that's when I knew you were going to be a fit for the podcast. There's uh, a guy that... Uh, fit right in with our group well i mean matt i honestly i had to i had to drive all the way to nepean <laughs> nepean man it's the boonies it is out the there. but you know the cool thing is um that was so much fun being back and meeting you and and hanging with the guys that entire few days was a lot of fun because of my time uh, in Ottawa, and if you're hearing a bunch of screeching in the background, it's not my hips and my knees. Um, I'm out for a walk uh, along the waterfront in uh, Bedford, which is in the Halifax area, and there's train tracks just to my left, and there is a long, long, long freight train slowly making its way towards the downtown of Halifax. Uh, we're, and you may have heard we're a port city. <laughs> so, yeah. so, uh, so there's a train going by, so I apologize if there's a, a lot of noise there. But, uh, yeah, no, that was a great time, and it was big for me because I, I hadn't spent a whole lot of time in Ottawa since leaving in April of 2011 when I left uh, what was then the Team 1200 to help launch TSN 1050 in Toronto. So um, meeting you guys, doing the podcast, but also doing a couple of shows from Lansdowne uh, and and TD Arena, uh, I was also bumping into like security guards from Ottawa 67's games that sure. I knew back when I hosted those games on Rogers TV and uh, you know, Mike Sutherland, who was working for OSEG at the time, and I worked with him at, at uh, 1200 and all that. So I was just, that was like, those are great memories. I can't believe it's uh, been, what, almost six years. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, we hung around after we turned the mics off. You had a couple more beers with us. Actually, if my recollection is you blew off a, a media thing downtown. The, the dinner part met up with those guys later when we all headed down to... Uh, Went our separate ways, but down to the the different parties that go on around uh, Grey Cup Week or whatever. But yeah, the first guy to uh, to give us the time of day, come into the studio and, and help us polish off some of our sponsors' product. It was uh, that was yeah. A fun well, time. I mean, hey, hey, if you're going to have a sponsor and they're going to provide product, you can't just sit. There. That's that's it, man. That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. The night before you had come in, uh, we had the brewer in since he was sponsoring the week. He uh, he came in and, and told us about the uh, about you know his brewery, everything they had going on. And he drank everything you'd brought for us. Not just him, but we helped him. That had been a late night. And the next day I had to go back over to the brewery. And he's like, don't worry, I'll take care of you. <laughs> this, this wasn't how this was supposed to go. Don't, don't worry, there's more where that came <laughs> right. from. So, um, look, uh, you've you've been all over the place since we last talked to you. We, you've done some, uh, you were at 1050, obviously at the time. You ended up at Sportsnet 590, the fan. You were doing some news talk after that. And then you decided... Uh, that you'd had sort of enough of the industry and enough of Toronto in general. As you mentioned, you're talking to us from Bedford, Nova Scotia. What's the what's the journey been like, man? Why have you sort of decided, yeah, I, I'm ready for a new chapter. I'm going to go do something else. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a really long story, um, so I'll try to condense it as, as much as possible. 
Um, so I left uh, TSN 1050 at the end of 2018 going into 2019 to join the Toronto Blue Jays baseball broadcast on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. And from there, I transitioned to the morning show host uh, at 590. And I did that for two years uh, until I got caught up in a round of layoffs. And at that point, we're at the end of September 2021. So we're actually right around two years ago now. Right. And I had some time. Um, I wasn't uh, in need of, uh, of a paycheck immediately. Uh, so I was able to take some time. And in the months, Matt, leading up to Christmas of 2021, I found myself uh, essentially emotionally disconnected from the industry, uh, from media in general. Um, you know, I'd watch, I'd watch the 49ers games. I'm a big San Francisco 49ers fan. I obviously had interest to so the Blue Jays missed the uh, playoffs on the final day of the season yeah. that year. And I was heavily into that, but like, I wasn't, well, I'm like a lot of people, uh, in this day and age, I wasn't listening to the radio mm-hmm. and, and I was getting my media elsewhere and I was able like everybody else to get the media that I wanted, which is effectively clips of Rich Eisen talking about the 49ers <laughs> on his radio show on YouTube. Right. Uh, or Nick Wright and Chris Broussard and Kevin Wilds, the guys on First Things First, talking about the 49ers. I mean, those are the things uh, that I like to, to watch and listen to in my free time. And, um, you know, I, I started applying to colleges in the Toronto area and actually... Uh, also applied to Algonquin College, where I went to radio broadcasting school in Ottawa more than 20 years ago, uh, in the social s- service work and mental health and addictions field. So I wanted to take courses and and change things up. And that was the plan. And, and I was at peace with it. And I was ready to move on. And when I say that I had fallen out of love with my previous line of work. I I think it was even more than that. Uh, Looking back, I didn't realize it at the time. I I realize it more clearly now. I I had not liked my line of work for a while. Uh, So not only had I fallen out of love, I didn't like it. Right. Um, And and I did not have a happy experience on that morning show at 590. And I'll, I'll leave it at that. But it was not two years that I'll look back on with any fondness uh, between now and my death date. And there will be nothing inscribed on my tombstone uh, referring to those two years of my life. Right. But um, so I was ready to move on. But then my boss or former boss from TSN 1050, uh, who is a wonderful guy and who uh, I always had a wonderful relationship with, called me and if you're hearing wind i'm again on the waterfront so i apologize this is uh, a windier day than i've been accustomed to lately although it's gorgeous temperature wise but my old boss called me and he said oh by the way have you kept up with the industry and this is like february of 2022 so i'm 
five or six months post shit can at this point. And I said, Jeff, honestly, I, I haven't. What's up? And he said, well, not only am I running TSN 1050 now, I'm also running the News Talk sister station, which is, of course, the legendary CFRB that goes by News Talk 1010. Mm-hmm. And, and so it was nothing for Jeff and me to, like, text and say hi or to have the odd phone call and just catch up. Um, but I didn't know that this phone call would ultimately lead to more frequent discussions that would lead me back to radio. And um, Jeff was somebody I loved working for and so chose to work for again. Uh, but in hindsight, uh, the reason I went back to radio and took a shot at News Talk was because I was living in Toronto, which is not inexpensive. No. And I know what social service and mental health and addictions counselors make. And I looked at my bills and my mortgage and I said, there's no way I can live in Toronto and live that life. And Jeff is somebody that I enjoyed working for and working with. I'm happy to do it again. So I gave it a shot, and Jeff, as usual, was wonderful, terrific co-host, terrific people uh, working behind the scenes, and there wasn't a day that I felt like I fit. There wasn't a day that I was happy. There wasn't a day that I wanted to be doing that. And, you know, you really come to your senses when you look around and go, Man, I'm completely unhappy, and everyone around me is great. So if everyone around me is great, and I'm unhappy, where does that unhappiness derive from? Well, it's coming from me, inside. And I had another mental health episode that was pretty significant, which is the third in my life. I had a significant one in 2008, another one in 2015. And this one, uh, about a year ago, at the end of September 2022, and I had to take time off work. And my uh, doctor was terrific with me. I found a therapist uh, who, of the five or six I've had in my life, is the best therapist I've had for me. And still work with them to this day and will continue to do so, even in good times, because I think therapy is good even when you're going well, so that your therapist has a full sense of who you are, good times, bad times, in different times, etc. And so uh, through uh, many appointments with my doctor, uh, weekly appointments with my therapist, by late last winter, early last spring, I realized for sure that I had to leave. And that if I returned and tried to make a go of it in radio, my body would do exactly what it did to me the previous fall, uh, which is completely rejected. My mind, body, soul, physically, emotionally, spiritually, you name it, was done. I didn't want to do it anymore. And so I walked away. And then the pivot to Halifax, uh, where I live now, was tied into all of that decision-making. Yeah, I don't think it's uncommon through, well, 
you know, for different reasons, but it, it sort of seemed like through the pandemic, there was a mass exodus from Toronto out to the Maritimes. Uh, what was it about that part of the country? You know, had you been there before? What made you decide that's where I want to go? Well, I, I, so I have a, a, a good friend uh, who you will know um, because you've seen him on TSN, uh, who I had the opportunity to work with in a couple of World Series um, and just generally traveling the baseball circuit, Paul Hollingsworth, oh, yeah. is, a, is a lifelong Heligonian. And, uh, and then my good friend, Uncle Shawnee, Sean <laughs> Levine, who is from Kempville, um, a longtime 30-year radio guy who was the producer of my show, The Scott MacArthur Show on TSN 1050 in 2017 and 2018. Uh, he and I are very close. And he moved out here, actually uh, just posted on Facebook yesterday or the day before, three years ago, his third year anniversary moving out here. Hmm. And, and, you know, Shawnee was very passionate about his move almost to the point of like a uh, religious conversion. And, you know, I, I, I'm always happy for people when they find their happiness, but you know, he said, you got to come out here and visit. You got to come out here and check it out. Uh, you you, you got to, you got to, you got to. And I was like, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like he put the collar on and was telling me to come find God or something. And, <laughs> and, and I'm, you know, again, I'm happy for somebody else who's found their happiness, but I'm also, but if somebody's just so over the top, and he wasn't over, I should be fair to him. He wasn't over the top, but he was, he was, I'm like, you know, Shawnee's an honest guy and all this. I have no doubt about that. One of the best people I've met. But man, he's really excited about yeah, there's this. There's a part of this that's like, all right, I get it. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, like, okay. <laughs> but then he, but, but we were talking about it repeatedly, and then he put it in a way he hadn't before. And he said to me, he said, Scotty, I worked with you closely for two years. And then he also had worked with me closely the first year of TSN 1050 because he produced the evening show that Jim Taddy and I co-hosted on game night. So we'd known each other a long time, worked closely together on multiple occasions for long periods of time. He said, I know you. I know your personality. And I know how you feel about Toronto. And I said, well, what does that mean? He goes, you've never stopped complaining about how busy it is, <laughs> how, how, how on one hand you're demanded and required to move quickly. And yet on the other hand, you can't get anywhere in that congested concrete helper. And, you know, like this is me talking about, I'm from Oakville. Like this is me talking about my, essentially my home city. Yeah. Oakville is my hometown. Toronto's, you know, 30 kilometers to the east and a two hour drive on a good day. Yes. Um, and, <laughs> And, and he said, I have lived here long enough now, here being Halifax. He said, I've lived here long enough now to know that you and this place, this place and you are a perfect match. And that's when I realized I've got to come out and at least check it out. Yeah. And I did. And it was exactly as he described it. And I fell in love with it, and I decided I'm moving here, and I am leaving behind 
it was almost like shedding the last layer of skin. You know, I, I had to, I had to deal with my sexuality, mm-hmm. which I did. Then, um, you think that, you know, you've figured everything out once you've dealt with that. Oh no, no, no. I spent 25 years guarding a secret that, um, as a result led me to developing habits and systems through my my formative years, adolescence and young adulthood that I now need to break just because I'm open about who I am. Doesn't mean that those habits just die. Right. That was actually harder than coming out. Yeah. All these things I've always done to defend myself, all of it, I, or to protect myself. I got to stop doing that. I, when, when you, when you live a life, you don't even realize you're doing it, but when you live a life through adolescence and young adulthood, that, that is uh, all about letting people in close enough that they feel they know you, but not letting them in enough that they actually do get to know you, you develop some pretty toxic habits about pushing people away. And, and, and all of that. So that was actually, and I still work on it, but that was harder than the actual, um, coming out process and saying, you know, Hey, I'm gay. Right. Um, and then, and then I think the, the final setting of, of a layer of skin, if you will, is that for whatever reason, and, um, you know, this is probably a little too philosophical, especially for somebody who doesn't have a degree or psychological, <laughs> doesn't have a degree in any of the fields. I can't separate that profession from the decision I made consciously more than 20 years ago to keep the secret. And I, I felt that I had to keep the secret at the time in order to thrive in uh, well, first of all, two things. I was working at a at what was a, a very conservative radio station, CFRA, right, with aspirations uh, of crossing the hall and working in the world of macho sports, right. And I clearly remember. I'm not going to, uh, out of respect to uh, the very famous. And in some corners, highly regarded individual who said uh, a completely inappropriate paragraph in front of the entire newsroom one day in 2002. Um, That was the moment when this fellow said that, uh, that I actually thought to myself, standing there listening to him, I have to guard this with my life. Uh, I have to keep this secret. My dream job depends on me suppressing who I am. Right. Exactly. And, you know, I can tell you right now, and, and, and Matt, you did not uh, invite me on to uh, wade into the 92 sociocultural issues uh, that we have in this world today. Uh, but I, if I could just digress for a moment sure. and, and speak to the uh, transgender issue and the, and I'm air quoting here, protests. Uh, Nobody, nobody is coming for your kids. Nobody is indoctrinating your children. Here's what's happening. Um, And you need to read the curriculum to understand what exactly is being taught 
instead of losing yourself down right-wing rabbit holes on social media where people are intentionally misleading you. It's very lucrative for them to do so. Um, here's the deal. Most kids will grow up to be the gender uh, of the sex that they were assigned at birth. You got a penis, you're going to identify as a male. You got a vagina, you're going to identify as a, as a female. But there are people out there. They are not large in number, but there are people out there who do not identify that way. And when they do not hear themselves reflected in that which is being taught, they have a tendency to fall further down and lose themselves. They already feel different. Now they feel ostracized. And I am not transgender, but what I can tell you is that the health classes I attended, and I was in grade five in 1989-1990, the health classes I attended at the end of elementary school in grade five, through middle school, and into my high school gym class days, were all male-female, male-female, heterosexual. Mm -hmm. And when I combine what I learned at that very formative age with decisions I felt I had to make, at the time, as a young adult, very early in my career, I ended up spending a good 25 years trying to pretend I was someone I wasn't. And I can tell you that leads to suicide. And if it doesn't, because I'm still here, it leads to a lot of thinking about suicide. It leads to um, toxic uh, relationships. It leads to disassociation and an inability to develop a firm and competent sense of self. And so when we talk about what's being taught in Ontario classrooms, first of all, we need to agree on what the curriculum is. And if we can't do that, then we need to go and read the curriculum. Um, and, and number two, all it is doing is it is trying to help give those kids who are small in number a sense of themselves. And for the largely cisgender heterosexual kids who will grow up to be cisgender heterosexual adults, maybe it just helps them sympathize and empathize a little bit more and not bully those kids who are air quotes different. And so that that's what that is all about. And when I look back on my past, um, if I had had something taught to me or spoken to me, um, if I had had someone who was queer to whom I could have looked up, uh, that would have been very, very helpful for me. And so, um, back to the, the whole walking away from, from, from my line of work, I can't separate the choices I made. Um, and it doesn't matter who I blame, whether I partly blame myself or I partly blame the industry or I partly blame society for the way that it thinks and treats people who aren't uh, part of the uh, majority, whatever, 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 blame is not the point. What I am responsible, for, Matt, uh, what I am responsible for is how I live now and the decisions that I make are best for me so that I can be a pro-social and not an anti-social member of society. And so these are decisions I felt I've had to make.
to put myself in the best position to be healthy for myself and a contributor to the greater good in this world, as opposed to the opposite. I'm glad you said all that, Scotty. Like it, it's important to get these perspectives, right? And, and we've we've tried here to to do some things to to get different perspectives. A lot of it has been, you know, on the women's side of sports, trying to elevate that message where we can a little bit, and just you know have a, a platform here where we can talk about some things. And and look, when I had you on here or thought about having you on here, I wanted to ask you about the Blue Jays. I want to talk to you about beer here in a second. But there is one question that I have to ask you before we move off all of this, and it's because. People who, you know, I have a tendency, I'm a bit of a nerd for the sports media industry, right? That's why I have so many of you guys on here. And, um, you know, as people who listen from Toronto and heard you on on the fan or on TSN 1050, people who listen here in Ottawa and heard you on Team 1200 all those years, like everybody knows and speaks highly of you. The people I know all, all say you're an awesome guy. So the, the question that I want to kind of wrap up this portion of the show on is, you know, now that you are out there and you have unwound yourself from the sports media industry and you found yourself a new home that you enjoy, are you happy, Scotty? Like, do you feel better now? Are you happy with the life that you've, you're building for yourself out there? I am, I am happier. Okay. So, you know, it's, it's a process. Um, and, and I, I think part of it, Matt, is that uh, I sort of uh, intentionally or unintentionally eschewed the norm. I didn't move out here with a job in my back pocket. Right. Uh, I, I moved out here to live, trusting that everything else will fall I'll into place behind out. that. Yeah. I'll figure it out. And I can tell you right now, that is just not something that men do. Right? Yeah. And, 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 you know, uh, it is not a societal norm, and so it uh, results in uh, – I've been wonderfully supported, but I think it results in concern from people who think I've fallen off a cliff um, when really that isn't the case. Um, so what I find myself, Matt, doing is is giving myself permission or reminding myself that I have permission – both from myself and also from my bank account. I'm not rich, but I also don't have to worry about where I'm going to you know, be getting food from in the next week or two. I'm very fortunate that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I've you know, been fortunate to, to make a decent living and be responsible with my spending. Um, so, you know, I, I, I remind myself consistently everything is going to be fine. Uh, you have irons in the fire. You are more than employable. And it's almost like a, uh, who was the Al Franken character on SNL? You're good enough. You're smart enough and doggone it. People like you or whatever, but <laughs> yes. you, know, it's, it's, you know, but, but I, uh, Stuart Small, yes. right. But I, but you know, and I'm being facetious when I say that, but, but it is a process, uh, for me. And, you know, I, I spend a lot of my days in the gym and also walking and hiking. You can't go five or ten minutes in the area that I live in without coming across a really cool trail. Um, so, you know, some of them are more walking trails. You can actually uh, get into the woods. You know, I can be ten minutes from a Costco about ten minutes down the road and so deep in a forest you wouldn't know that there was a strip mall <laughs> 
uh, just next door. So, you know, I am moving. I am active. I am healing myself that way. And what I've learned about myself is that I'm far more uh, small town, uh, not necessarily in some of the I guess political views that no. that are that are sort of ascribed to small town thinking, but I am I am much more small community, small town. I am much more nature oriented. The sea salt air here uh, and the trees that dot this province, my goodness, they're everywhere. Um, is are, are two things that I find really healing, and I find the air out here is better. Just just the whole lifestyle. Uh, I go for walks. I'm actually kind of being rude out on a walk here now as I talk to you because I'm not saying hi back to all the people who pass me and nod hello to me because everybody says hello to everybody here. It's it's wonderful. Um, and it just isn't something that you get in a large city and certainly not in Toronto anymore. So, um, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm coming along and uh, I, I've been reminded uh, by some people close to me that happiness is a process. It's not an outcome. So if you keep pushing toward happiness, thinking it's an outcome that will just always be, I'm happy now and I'm never not going to be happy again. I'm, al- I'm always going to be happy, never be unhappy. That, that's not how it works. Right. It's, it's a process of putting myself in the best position possible each and every moment of every single day uh, to be in as good a place uh, and in a place of wellness as I can be. Well, as you said, uh, it's, it's a journey, not a destination perhaps. And, and I'm, I'm very happy to hear that it's, it's going well for you. And, um, you know, I, I know you're aware that one of the things that we get into quite a bit on this podcast is beer and, uh, like to try a couple of beers. We, we alluded to that off the top of the show. And, and you mentioned to me when we were setting this up that, you'd encountered a new brewery out there that, uh, that you had a story or two about or that you had grown to enjoy already. Yeah. So this is, this is one of those wild small world stories that very weirdly, uh, I and others come across these sorts of stories living out here and just visiting with people far more often than I or others would think. But there's a, there's a, a spot in Wolfville, um, which is a small town in the Annapolis Valley, probably best known as the home of Acadia University, hmm. uh, that there's a restaurant on the main drag, and, and Wolfville has a main drag. It's an awesome <laughs> little town. It is absolutely a university town, but there's a spot called Church Brewing. And this is a restaurant. It's a pub-style restaurant that actually is in a converted church. Oh, wow. It used, it used to be a church, and it's now been converted into a pub-style restaurant. So, you know, wooden floors, wooden walls. The, um, I'm, not a, I'm not Roman Catholic, Matt, so I, I don't know what it's called, but when you walk into a Roman Catholic church, typically um, before Mass or during Mass, there's that board up on the side wall that lists the... I guess the Bible verses you're going to be going through that day. Sure. Well, on the wall there, the guy has his beer list. <laughs> right? So, you know, like, and, and the, ch- the wings there uh, are some of the best I've had so far in this province, and I love chicken wings and all that stuff. And the brewery where they brew their beer is 
right there at the restaurant and there's a separate entrance and you can go in, you can buy a six pack, 12 pack, two, four, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And they've got blondes, they've got IPAs, they've got stouts, you name it, they've got it. So uncle Shawnee, Sean Levine, my former producer who moved out here, we were talking about him earlier. Mm -hmm. When I first came out here, he's, he said, Lynn, Lynn's Sean's girlfriend, Lynn and I, we got to take you to church. And I kind of looked at him and I'm like, Oh, so this is no, a religious dude. experience yeah. out here, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. and, and, and then he explained what it was. So we go to Wolfville probably once every couple of weeks to once a month on Saturdays. And the Wolfville Farmer's Market is going on every Saturday from like 8 or 8.30 in the morning to 1 in the afternoon. And then we head on over to the main drag and, and go to lunch at, at Church Brewing. And that became a habit. So I have a uh, next-generation cousin, so my cousin's son, who goes to Dell. And his grandparents, my aunt and uncle, came to pick him up at the end of April to bring him back to Toronto end of the school year. Right. So I met my aunt and uncle for breakfast on a Sunday morning in late April, and I asked some of the obvious questions that one would ask. I said, how was your trip here? Because they drove. And, oh, great, da 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 I said, so when did you get into Halifax? And my aunt said, well, actually, not until late yesterday afternoon, because we drove up through the gas bay and then came into New Brunswick via Bathurst and did that route all the way down into Nova Scotia. And she said, but we stopped at this really cool restaurant in Wolfville that used to be a church. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I go there like twice a month. You do? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Got the best wings I've had in the province so far. And it's got a beer selection out the yin yang and da, 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 da. She said, yeah, it was awesome. So my aunt's daughter, who is my cousin, who is the mother of the young man who goes to Dell. Right. Her husband, his first cousin, <laughs> owns the restaurant. Oh, wow. So I have a cousin by marriage whose first cousin owns the place. So is there something now, like I've, a family discount or something for Scotty? So Mack, I, I, I haven't gotten that far yet, but I've <laughs> met... It's it, Brendan, Brendan Nickel is the owner of of church brewing and uh, met him uh, for a couple of, he's so busy running the restaurant sure. and running around. He can't just stop and chat for 10 minutes, but I've met him a couple of times. Terrific guy. He's got a wonderful little enterprise going. And um, you know, I'm much more a Pilsner guy than I am an IPA guy. I heard Lever Sage going on about IPAs on your show. I'm like, <laughs> oh, hop, hoppy, fruity, blah, blah, blah. Love you. Some New Jersey devils. Yeah. <laughs> A typical Dallas Cowboys, New Jersey Devils <laughs> fan would love that hoppy crap. Um, but uh, so, so, uh, but Church Brewing uh, and uh, they're blonde. It, it, they also are in NSLC stores. So that is the Nova Scotia version of the LCBO, mm-hmm. um, Nova Scotia Liquor Control. So, uh, so they, their cans are in the NSLCs here. And uh, I pick up a blonde every now and then and, and I'm uh, referring to beer in this sense. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, it's great. So 
uh, kind of a small world fun story and and a successful business uh, going in Wolfville, Nova Scotia right now. Yeah, it turns out you knew more people out there than you thought. Little family already yeah. in the brewing industry. I'm, I'm well, at- and Brendan himself is from Alberta. Okay. And he and a few buddies came out here on a golf trip, I guess, a number of years ago, and they loved it so much. They started talking, going, so what can we do here to start a business so we can all live here? So, you know, another another example of somebody who moved here because they wanted to. Yeah. You know, wanted a different pace. Went from uh, the house of God to serving up the nectar of the gods. I, I like that. It's uh, and I, I I mentioned this to you in a text message there when we were chatting that there's a place behind security at Halifax International. You've probably seen it. You've been out there back and forth enough times, and and it's called uh, Liquid Assets. And I've mentioned this place on the podcast before because I don't know why this idea isn't more common. After you've cleared security. This place has all kinds of local breweries, local wineries. And like if I've been out here for a week or a weekend for a conference or a visit and I tried something, I just didn't get a chance to go and pick up some of it. There it is right in the airport, right? You're supporting these local businesses. I don't know why more airports don't have it. But with the couple times I've come out of Halifax, I've always stopped in there. Just I'm a guy who likes to try different beers and and see what different regions have going on. And uh, one of my best friends lives in Charlottetown. And so she frequently is either being picked up in Halifax or has a layover in Halifax when she's going. And every time I have to give her that little tap on the shoulder, hey, don't forget, hey, on the way home, on the <laughs> yeah, way home. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so she's it. brought me some church before and uh, it's always been nice stuff. So if you're in the Halifax area, good listener, I, I can also vouch for uh, for church brewing. You uh, got it. Good Sc- local business. 100%. Uh, Scotty, I'd be remiss while I got to here if I... If I didn't ask you about the Blue Jays, uh, we are a day away from them kicking off uh, another wild card series this time against the Minnesota Twins. And look, we don't have to get too deep into the weeds that was the regular season. It clearly was frustrating for a lot of fans. Um, and yet the entire time, they were still in it. They, they were in the race. All, they never fell way out of it. But it just, it just felt like a grind the entire time. It wasn't all that much fun. I know you've been getting into this on your podcast, Exit Philosophy, which I got to tell you, I absolutely love the title of that podcast. The, the number of levels <laughs> that it works on is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. um, you and uh, and Richard Griffin, so I, I want to make sure the good listener knows about that. We'll link to it in the in the show notes. But what have you made of this team? You know, I, I think fans, by all rights, should be happy. You're in the playoffs. Like, you, you made it. But it, it's okay to also be realistic that – just scraping in on the last weekend wasn't the goal when we set out this season. This was a team that had aspirations of winning the division and contending for a World Series. What is this team and, and you know, what have you made of the, the, the regular season and how is that going to play in the World Series? Do you th- or the World Series, one, one step at a time here, in the playoffs that uh, the kickoff on Tuesday. I was going to say, don't, 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 don't hopscotch. <laughs> I might be getting a little ahead of myself with, with this group just yet. Yeah. Um, uh, cause the longer they go, the more peaks and valleys there, there stand to be. Let's hope it just doesn't start as a valley and end there this week against right. Minnesota because it can happen quickly. Yeah. We as, saw that uh, didn't we? Uh, fairly yeah, recently yeah. <laughs> last year against Seattle. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think 89 wins is, uh, what anybody expected when the season started. Um, if I had told you, uh, and I'll keep Alec Manoa yeah. <laughs> out of the conversation, but but if I had told you that with or without Manoa, 
there would be a five-man starting rotation that generally was excellent Mm -hmm. and completely healthy and performed to the level that each of those members of that rotation did, you'd have looked at this Blue Jays team and said, my goodness, uh, maybe we might be, uh, if if not getting there, knocking on the door of our first 100-win season. Right. Uh, and, and they didn't come close. So it's it's a it's a team that has uh, certainly been down more than up offensively. I think some of that could have been predicted, maybe not to this extent, but could have been predicted with the moves they made last off season. Now, as a credit, which is uh, something that I think some people believe I'm loath to do, uh, I'm not. Uh, I just call it as I see it. Sure. Uh, but as a credit to the front office, they did improve this team's defense and vastly improved this team's run prevention. And they have the best outfield defense in in baseball, sparked by Kevin Kiermeyer in center and most of the time Dalton Varshow in left. And so, you know, there's some give and there's some take there. But as for where this all goes, as we sit here talking on Monday, October the 2nd, the day before the wildcard series begins in Minneapolis, as for where this goes, um, that, that question is going to be answered very quickly by the performance of their best players. And I, I think we've all been sitting here, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. at the front of the line, waiting for Vlad to get on a roll. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and predict that that's going to happen after six months of waiting. And as the pitching gets more difficult and the twins are a very good pitching team. Yeah. And a lot of that good pitching is right handed. Um, So I'm not going to sit here and predict that. But I do believe and I uh, Richard Griffin and I just dropped our latest episode of Exit Philosophy uh, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, wherever you get your, uh, wherever you get your podcast, and we'll be if uploading you're to us, YouTube. He'll be there. Yeah, if you're hearing, uh, if you're hearing this conversation, it'll be there. Yeah, and we'll have it uploaded the video version on YouTube very soon. Um, you know, uh, my view on it is, is that if Vladimir Guerrero Jr. can offensively carry this team, they will be in very good shape. Now, I don't mean that he needs to go seven for 12 in a three game series. I I'm okay with him going two for 12. If those two, for example, are a basis clearing two or three RBI double and a two or three run home run that turns a one or two run deficit into a lead, you know, so whether it's actual consistent production or moments, uh, I think he has got to have those uh, for this team to thrive. And if he does, uh, it could be an exciting next few weeks. If he doesn't, and I I know it sounds like I'm hanging this all on one guy, because what if the pitching implodes and what if everything else goes wrong? What what, what if, what if, what if? Uh, We're we're just speculating here. Nobody can predict the future and know for sure. But I think he needs to be a crucial component to the positive of whatever this team is going to accomplish. I got to tell you, Scotty, like I've never been a soccer guy necessarily or whatever but I, I i look at what's happening in baseball right now and we play six months 162 games and it used to come down to the one game wild card round now it's a best two or three that's slightly better but i sort of understand 
why Europeans look at our model of sports and are kind of like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, they put so much more emphasis on the six-month season, right? And then they still have the tournament for a different championship, but we don't do that at all. Like, and the Blue Jays, by all rights, as we discussed, had a, a disappointing season, but we're now about to hang the legacy of this group on three days here in early October, and and that's fine. That's the way it's set up, but I gotta tell you, it's sort of it's sort of pulling me to the other side of this discussion that, or this this idea that's sort of like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense the way we determine our champion. We saw the Phillies go all the way to the World Series last year. No one would have predicted that was going to happen. The Braves the year before uh, weren't supposed to take that run. I don't know. Like, there's just something about the way we we do this that. And I'll be just like everybody else. These next two or three games, will I'll be pacing in front of my TV. They will determine exactly how I feel about this team. Um, and yet, there's something horribly illogical about that. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, and you can look at that either way. Um, you know, this team could win the World Series, mm-hmm. and everything's, everything's wonderful. And, you know, who then, uh, be it us, in the media or the front office themselves who then glosses over, um, the first six months of everything. Yeah. Right. You know, like, I mean, so they could get hot and erase any of the memories of the first six months and they could fizzle out over the next two or three days and reinforce a lot of what we thought for six months. Sure. Um, you know, the LA Kings, one of their, help me with the year, it was either 12 or 14. I know. I think it was 12. They squeaked in at eight, right? Yeah. Right, they were the eighth seed, and uh, that might have been the year that they were down three nothing to the Sharks. Yeah, and stormed back and and took it all away. I, so uh, it happens far less in the NBA because the really good teams are just way better than right. the you know six, seven, eight seeds that make it in either conference. But you know, I, so it's just, I mean, it is. I, I hate to be cliched, but it it is what it is, and I sure. do agree. And I, I remember my dad saying to me at some point within the last year, uh, you know, remember, I think, I think it was after the Bruins were eliminated by the Panthers. Yeah. And, and he said, well, you know, the six month regular season, uh, really is the telltale of what a team is, not what happens in a, in a short series Mm -hmm. to to which I responded or retorted. Well, but nobody remembers the president's trophy winners. (laughs) Everybody wins, remembers the cup winners. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, I think it was the 1987 Minnesota twins went 85 and 77, which was good enough to win the American league West back at a time where there were two divisions in each league and you had to win the division to get into the playoffs. And that was the year before the Oakland A's broke through and, and kind of took over the AL West for a half decade or so. But, but the Twins got in at 85 wins. The Detroit Tigers were a much better team on paper, but had to win every game the final week of the season. Well, the Blue Jays lost every game the final week of the season <laughs> yeah. to, to sneak in. And then the Twins just demolished a Tigers team that I think had left it all on the table before the playoffs either even began. And then the Twins uh, you know, beat the Cardinals in the World Series, and everybody remembers Kirby Puckett and Kent Herbeck and, uh, and Frank Biola and like all those names. Um, but nobody talks about how they won 85 games. Uh, so it, it, you know, it is, it, it's just how, uh, the format plays out. And, and I do think adding this, 
extra couple of games. Um, theoretically, you should weed some teams out, but as you point out, I think the Phillies are a better team this year than they were last year, mm-hmm. and they almost won the World Series last year. So um, the, the goal, of course, though, is to keep as many teams in the race for as long as possible to maintain fan interest in a lot of markets, and that's what expanded playoffs do. And so from that point of view, I'm sure it works just fine for Major League Baseball. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of listeners would not uh, or would have preferred to not be reminded about a mediocre Twins team winning a mediocre division and then smashing their opponent in the first round. But uh, you've put that on yeah, the so table. So one thing, for Matt, us. with well, the, but the one thing, the one thing, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, and the Twins, are, the Twins to me are a you know a pretty good team. They they play in a bad division, but you know you also play your division opponents. You play them more than you play anybody else still, but you play them less than you used to. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, so it's 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 slightly more balanced that way. I would just say on the European football, and shout out to anybody listening in Europe, I use the proper term. <laughs> um, and now I'll revert back to North America. Sure. Uh, to, to, to use the Premier League soccer as an example. I mean, if Manchester City has a 20-point lead on pick your second team in the table, Manchester United or Chelsea or whoever, um, you know, and, and there's two months left to play. It, it's it's kind of like, okay, so what now? Mm-hmm. You know, for a while, right? So there's good and there's bad to sure. all ways it's done. No, you're right about that. And you mentioned the Bruins just of last season, like the President's Trophy was wrapped up in January. So if that's what you're you know, hanging all your prestige on, then your season doesn't matter in the second half. And so, uh, th- as you say, there's there's good and bad to it. Uh, before we wrap up on the Jays, I, I do want to ask you, you, you've sort of suggested a couple of times and mentioned yourself there a minute ago that uh, that maybe your reputation is that you're not always great at complimenting this management group or, or whatever, but this has been an up and down season. Um, the pitching staff, the rotation has been fantastic, but there's not a piece in it right now that was drafted and developed. Uh, the bullpen has largely been guys they've brought in as well. So you, you deserve credit for building this staff, but it, the things that they were criticizing Anthopolis for when they arrived are now the things they've done themselves, right? It, there's not much in the system right now that you're waiting to burst up and become the pillars of your organization. Uh, there's also things that were handled fairly poorly throughout the season. The Anthony Bass thing was just an absolute gong show that went on for, I don't remember, a week, two weeks, instead of being like one day and the guy's gone. It, 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 this wasn't an impact member of your roster that you needed to protect at all cost. Um, this was a guy pitching terribly and who turned out to be an asshole. Like it, the, the, it, it should have been a fairly easy decision on, on how you deal with that. What do you make right now? And this is before we see what happens in the playoffs. So I'm not necessarily even talking about playoff success here, but what do you make of this management group right now? Well, I mean, I I think, I think the first thing that you need to understand, Matt, and I do too, is that they're smarter than us. And if, if, if you, if you want to argue that, um, they'll, uh, well, probably won't participate, but, but they are, they are teaching us baseball. Don't you know that? Uh-huh. Don't you know that? Um, I know that's you know, what they, I, I'll yeah. say this. They're eight years in and they did win playoff games that first year, but this, this is their era. 
Yes. This is not the leftovers from the previous regime with veteran players like Donaldson and Bautista. This is their group entirely. And there has not been one playoff game won. And they are eight years or seven if you want to uh, eliminate 2016 and, and look to 2017 when the when the teardown began. Yeah, 16 um, still Alex's se- group. That's they're seven they're seven years in and in their era where the team has been in their mold, they, you know, pending what happens tomorrow, mm-hmm. uh, they've yet to win a playoff game as we, we sit here right now. That needs, that needs to change. Um, you know, I've, I've suggested and, and like, we're, we're hopeful that a guy like Ricky Tiedemann ultimately becomes something. And I know he's pitching in the Arizona fall league, mm-hmm. but you know, I, we, I just, the, the Chicago Cubs Cubs want a ring, uh, with a, pitching staff that they really didn't develop. Uh, and, you know, those guys age. Those guys are big money guys. They get older. You need to have a pipeline. Now, who named Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who, to their credit, they did develop, mm-hmm. although they didn't sign him because he signed in 20, uh, 2015. Um, they did develop. Bo Bichette, they drafted in 16 and developed him. Uh, but who other than that have they developed who is an uber consequential piece of what they're doing uh, around the diamond yeah. uh, off the mound, you know, Alejandro Kirk. Okay. Uh, Danny Jansen. Okay. Um, you would have said Manoa point, a few months ago, but not so yeah, much now. <laughs> yeah. So, but my point is, I mean, it, it fluctuates, Yep. but, but it, you, you know, this idea that, and everybody says, well, you know, you just love Alex Anthopoulos. I'm like, no, actually I've moved on. It's eight years ago. <laughs> Um, you know, like things happen. It's, it's, I'm not, I'm done comparing Alex Anthopoulos, uh, with, with Ross Atkins, Mark Shapiro, but I will say this because people seem to love to bring it up when I, when I question the front office is that there was this whole thing about Alex trading the farm to save his job in 2015. Well, what, what's funny about that is name me the player that he traded who yeah. became something. Yeah. He traded a lot um, of pieces that deadline. Not not much of it turned into much, yeah. really. Okay, so you you know what? If 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 you want to get excited about two mediocre to decent seasons from Matt Boyd in Detroit, um, you know, go uh, go hang out with Frank the Tank and <laughs> and uh, run to the quad with no clothes on. Just go streaking. You know, have a party. It'd be my guess. But but you see, but my point is. My, my point is, is, you know, they do a lot of the same things. Uh, they, they, they trade prospects for, sure. for now guys. They, they make a lot of the, the same moves and, um, that yet, yet they lectured the previous guy about the decisions he made. Um, they being Mark Shapiro, not Ross Atkins, but like, you know, you know why'd you trade for David Price? I wouldn't have done that. Why'd you do it? Come on, man. Uh, you're, tr- you're trying to win something here. Yep. And Alex Anthopoulos was trying to save his job. He left of his own accord. Yep. And it, it stunned the uh, And hasn't missed IQ a playoff ch- since. Yeah, and it stunned <laughs> the high IQ chairman so much that Alex Anthopoulos, uh, Anthopoulos was like, I'm out of here, that he actually circled back and and tried to, uh, tried to retain him for $2 million a year over five years. And Alex was like, yeah, I'm going to go work with a bunch of brilliant people in Los Angeles, yeah. learn a few things. And, you know, Alex has gone on to Atlanta and, 
succeeded a guy who will never work in baseball again for some improprieties in the international draft market involving teenagers, um, but did take a lot of the good young players that that uh, John Coppolella had had drafted and have turned them into something, signed them to long-term contracts, uh, you know, drafted Spencer Strider himself, uh, made uh, important trades for Sean Murphy and Matt Olson. Yeah, rebuilt their entire outfield one year and... And one, right. like, so. and one, because Acuna had blown his knee out. Right. Ronald, Ronald Acuna, two years off an ACL reconstruction, is stealing seventy plus bases. Unbelievable, you know. But like, so, but it's just this ongoing, like, oh, Anthopolis, get over it. No, 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 no. You're the ones hung on that. I, I'm not hung on that. <laughs> um, I want the Toronto Blue Jays to do well because Toronto's my home city. Um, everybody I know loves the Blue Jays. Yeah. Um, I had the opportunity and was very fortunate to be able to cover them for a number of years. And um, it's just good for everybody. And it's, uh, you know, sports is one of the last few things that um, can unify a world where an increasing number of people are actually believing things that aren't real. Um, it's, it's, it's one of the last unifiers. So let's hope that the Jays do well and let's, you know, let's celebrate if they do. Um, I, I, I wish them well, uh, but it's also not going to, you know, cost me hours of sleep or ruin my life if they don't. <laughs> I, I think, you know, predictions at this point in a best two out of three, we've seen the worst team in the league take two out of three from the best team in the league a hundred times and probably this year alone, right? Like it, it, well, not this year alone, but <laughs> over the year, it's not uncommon. I, there's no sense in making predictions on what's going to happen against Minnesota. Uh, oh, I can predict something, okay. I, Matt. All right. Cal, Cal Raleigh is not going to hit a home run against the Blue Jays in these playoffs. Okay. <laughs> you um, hadn't thought of Cal Raleigh re- since last fall, had you? No. That's, you had flushed that That is completely mind. accurate, Scotty. <laughs> that was not and even now, on me. And now that... that that little twitch under your left eye, yeah. that sort of that, <laughs> that stress twitch that we all get. I'll be waiting for it. And underslept, you are now blinking like the world's ending. Yeah, you just said you're not going to have any trouble sleeping. I might now, just thinking about Cal Rowley. <laughs> <laughs> so, we'll see how it all plays out. But, but do you like the way they're set up? We always talk about, you know, and I know this is like the second or third time I've said last thing for you. I, I, I just the way this team is built and and set up. We always talk in the playoffs. You need a great rotation. You need a great pen, and they have that. Um, but you know, there's always the argument about stringing hits together versus needing that big home run in the playoffs, right? To to score a couple, as you mentioned, right? Vladdy getting the the three run double or or whatever that's going to look like. Um, do you think this team, if they're performing? And that's a huge if. Has is championship caliber that they could take a deep run here? So, I mean, pick the team out of the. How many make the playoffs now? Twelve. I think that's right. Uh, yeah, pick pick the team out of the twelve that you would consider to be the favorite. The Atlanta Braves, um, probably. I mean, the Orioles have the best record in the American League, but they're. I'm still pitching lacks that. depth, yeah. and yeah, you know, you know, I love the Orioles. Actually, they're young players. Not me, trash Orioles. birds. Get out of here. Uh, just, yeah, tra- well, yeah, I love their young players. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, and uh, Jackson Holiday is only going to make them better when he gets up there. Yep. Because uh, his dad was like one of those nails type players, right? Just like locked in all every day. Like comes from good stock. But <laughs> but uh, that aside, um, 
you know, even the team that you would consider the favorite, the Braves or the Dodgers or whoever, it's way less than 50-50 that they actually oh, yeah. win it. Yeah. Um, and, and one has to go through the other quite likely to get there. So, you know, uh, do I think the Toronto Blue Jays are going to win the World Series? No. Um, is it possible if everything clicks? Yes. I, I will, uh, I think, take umbrage is a little bit too harsh. <laughs> Uh, but I will take issue slightly with your classification of the Blue Jays' bullpen as being great. I think it's good. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it's great. Uh, I mean, it's deep. Yeah. It's got quantity. It's got options. Uh, but I don't look at anybody as being lights out nails uh, out of that group. There's a guy, Hicks, with the velocity to do it, but... Yeah, there's no you know, Andrew you Miller, mean, Mariano Rivera, no, you know, where you just know it's yeah, over. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you're gonna throw, if you're gonna throw a ball through a brick wall, you know, if you can throw a ball through the brick wall, you can only do that if you hit the brick wall. Right. Um, you know, and then Jordan Romano, to me, is a very good closer. I'm, I, uh, people will get mad at me, and especially because he's a, a Toronto area kid. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's a great closer, but I do think he's very good. All his numbers you know, say I should believe in that guy, and yet every time he comes in, I'm 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 not right. I'm not sold. Right? It, it's right. probably going like, to be fine, but it might not be fine. <laughs> but I'm a roller coaster guy, Andrew. I, I uh, Andrew <laughs> Matt. I don't even know Andrew's my brother's name, but we always call him Drew. Who the sure. hell's Andrew? Um, it's all right. You can call I me whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, man. I have smell burnt toast. <laughs> You know, I, you asked me earlier, are you feeling better? And I'm like, yeah, I've been doing better lately. And here I am just calling people random names. Um, <laughs> we'll blame it on uh, uh, me bringing up Andrew Miller. Actually, AJ Jackiebeck might be, is he Andrew John? I, I, Aaron, I have to, Aaron John. Uh, Aaron John, yes. Okay, so now, now I'm just going to shut up and never speak. Okay. Um, but Aaron John, yes, okay. But uh, no, so I, I mean, I think, I, I, I just don't think they're... There now, if if Vladdy has a, and I always come back to him, like if he gets on a monster hot streak that we haven't seen yet this year, mm -hmm. anything is possible. But you know, like Kevin Gosman's a wonderful pitcher, but is he absolutely Garrett Cole level ace? No, you know, and 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 Jordan Romano. I'm a big rides guy. I love going to Canada's Wonderland when I'm home, Leviathan Behemoth. But I don't <laughs> always want to ride the roller coaster in the ninth inning. No. Right. So, you know, we'll just we'll see how it plays out. Um, exit philosophy is uh, wherever you get your podcasts and at YouTube dot com slash exit philosophy. We have a video component and Rich Griffin and I will be going live right after the final out. Nice. Okay. On YouTube dot com slash exit philosophy after every Blue Jays game in the playoffs. So that's either two <laughs> or as many as you do the math. But I'm not doing math here because I don't even know anybody's names anymore. So don't expect me to add. But um, <laughs> but we'll go. We'll be going live, and we'll break it down, and 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 all of that, and and we'll see how far it takes us. We do both make predictions for this series uh, in the episode of Exit Philosophy that just dropped today. And all I will say to that uh, is that Griff and I disagree okay. on who is going to win the series, and quite obviously, based off of that comment. Uh, Blue Jays fans will like one of us far more than the other uh, for for uh, for where we see it all going. But, uh, you know, certainly hoping that the Blue Jays uh, do well. It would be fun to, you know, have some highly consequential baseball 
for a couple of weeks as opposed to a couple of days. You run the risk doing these post-game shows, which we will link to in our show notes here, make sure people can find that. Uh, but you run the risk of pushing back Thanksgiving dinner here, don't you, if, if they end up in that uh, that second round? <laughs> uh... Well, hold on a second, though. Uh, it depends on what day you do Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'm a staunch Sunday guy, so. but I know a lot of people do the Monday thing. I, okay, well yeah. then, Saturday, Sunday. The other thing, too, <laughs> and thank you for reminding me, uh, 49ers-Cowboys Sunday night, and uh, pulling me away from that right. is not likely. So let's hope it's a day game. Versus Lever Sage's uh, uh, Cowboys. This is... <laughs> Oh God, Matt! I'm telling you right now, between you and me, <laughs> yes. The next time I'm on with you, yeah, bring Versage on. We should do that. Let's just let's just have a round table. That'd be fun. Because um, Versage and I agree on almost nothing, <laughs> and. I've heard that from basically everyone who's responded to me since Lee's been coming on the podcast. Like, I don't agree with anything that guy says, but love hearing him on the show, right? Love talking well, to him. <laughs> so, but, the, you know, because uh, Lee and I go way back, like way back. <laughs> and um, he and I used to do a show called In the Zone. And it was... Uh, like the program director, Dave Mitchell, sort of said to us, look, here's a little bone I can throw you guys um, on nights, uh, weeknights, where the Senators and 67s are not playing, which, as we know, in the middle of hockey season, there aren't many of those nights. Right. Because um, the 67s always have a Friday locked up, and the Senators are probably Tuesday, Thursday, or maybe sometimes three times a week. Mm-hmm. Said, just open, open the mics and go. And, and, and so he and I, the first show, uh, I think I'm speaking for him accurately, but the first show, uh, for me, for sure, uh, that we ever hosted freeform was Lee and Lee and I on in the zone on team 1200, like open weeknights in like 2003, I want to say. And, you know, I say this in the most loving way possible. Okay. Because that was that was the heart of the Scott Stevens, uh, Ken Danico, sure. Uh, obviously, Marty Brodeur, Brian like, Rafalski, <laughs> just insufferable <laughs> hockey, and and Bobby Holik. Oh, uh, yes, Bobby Holik, who ended up a, a New York Ranger, Captain Trap, right? The guy, yes, yeah. exactly. Oh, <laughs> just. And I just, and he would, Lee would sit there and revel in it. <laughs> and then he'd always like find a way to wedge the Dallas Cowboys into the conversation, <laughs> which if like, you know, if I had an allergy to words, Dallas Cowboys would make me break out into, <laughs> I'd need an EpiPen. Um, so, so, but great memories. And I can't believe it's been uh, 20 years. Lee and I always reminisced. He and I were both at work uh, that August night in 2003 where the blackout happened. Oh, yeah. And uh, so he and I went for this, like, long walk in the Byward Market when everything was pitch black. And, uh, you know, I was shooting the breeze. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember what we talked about. But we both always remember being at work that night and just going for a, a, a long walk. And, and And we're now at an age, Matt, as you know, where... 
like you, you talk about those things and you go, Hey, you know, that was like 15 years ago. Hey, that was 20 yeah, years that ago. That freaks me out. I have friends. I, I have people in my life. I can say I've been friends with for 35 years, Scotty. And I'm like, we went, that was kindergarten, but still I don't like being able to say that. Like, <laughs> Well, you know, like I, I, um, my, it's funny, my cousin and her husband, the, the guy who's the first cousin of the church brewing guy, oh, sure. they, they were in town last week visiting their son who goes to Dell, as I told you. And, you know, my younger cousin is, I think he turns 19 in November. So he's like 18 going on 19. Yeah. And I'm sitting there at dinner and I'm looking at him going, like, he wasn't alive <laughs> the last time the Maple Leafs made the Eastern Conference final. All right, stop. You know, the, no, but no, no. And I'm a, I know, I know. But, but you know what I mean? Like, yes. he, it's like, because I, I, here I am thinking about like the Owen Nolan trade. Yep. And yep. This and the that. And <laughs> Nolan blew his knee out. And uh, I introduced him to that, you know, what's the hockey version of Immaculate Grid? Oh, Puck Doku, yeah. Yeah, they're all, but they're all linked now on that page, right? Okay, and yeah, yeah. You can go to the baseball one and click the hockey one, the football one, the basketball one, men's and women's, <laughs> soccer as well. I don't like soccer, it's tough, because I don't even recognize the logos. <laughs> um, but, 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 you know, so and I'm asking him for like, so who played for the Lightning and the Kings and da 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 yeah. and trying to go back in my mind to the '90s and of course he wasn't alive but <laughs> it's just wild how how quickly time has passed and um, and uh, good memories with good people from my days in Ottawa. It's been a long time. I used to coach uh, some sports there. Some kids kind of finishing up high school and I remember saying to to one kid I was going to throw on some music while they were warming up and the kid said to me it's not going to be more of your classic rock shit is it. I said, this is Green Day. It came out in 2000. Settle down. And I heard him say to his buddy as he's walking away from me, whispers quietly, he goes, does he know that was 20 years ago? <laughs> All right. Take a well, lap, kid. Well, be, <laughs> it's funny. What, what station? I can't remember. I don't even know if it's like Q107 in Toronto or yeah. one of the rock stations does a 90s lunch. Yeah, that's a bummer. And, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, because it was a 70s lunch. When right. Exactly. Up. Right, and now it's now it's a '90s lunch, and I'm thinking to myself, "Wow, the music that just sort of was in the normal rotation on radio when we were growing up is now." Like, I remember when this song what, was huge, right? You couldn't get what the gray hairs, yeah, listen to, and you know, like here I am, like wheeling myself into a Weezer concert. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not like, enough Weezer what? references on the pod lately. No. I can tell you yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> blink one eighty two. Oh yeah, I can't see anymore, let alone blink. <laughs> Lord, yeah. You know? yeah. At this point, it's cataracts one eighty two or something like that. It's uh, oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good line. I like that. My borrow it. Yeah, that, and that that Matt is a dad joke. A hundred percent. I know. I know. Yeah. I don't have the kids. Or an uncle joke. One of the. Two. That's it. Yeah, I, don't I don't have the, have the kids. I don't either. have the kids, but I have the jokes. <laughs> So. Well, you reach that age where you're the crazy one at the family holiday dinner, right? Yeah. You're that crazy uncle who always just comes and talks all the time. <laughs> says yeah. stupid lines. I have a niece who, uh, well, she's a little too old for it now, but she, she caught on that I used to slip away from the family dinner table at the family cottage on Saturday nights because I wanted to go watch the Leaf game. And, and we'd eat late, and she'd be wanting to get down and play. And she started asking my mom, her grandmother, can Uncle Matt and I go watch hockey? 
And because she knew that was how you get away. Apparently, that's how you get away from the table, right? That's how you get to go down oh, and yeah. sit somewhere else. And and we'd go around the corner, and I'd sit down and turn on the hockey game, and she wouldn't even look at it. She'd be playing whatever she was doing or whatever, but yeah, yeah. she caught on quick, right? So uh, She just wanted to get away from the actual adults and 100%. go hang out with somebody who looks like an adult. Maybe get a little one-on-one really one attention from, as yeah, you said, someone who's uh, not going to enforce the rules, not going to... Uh, do any of that so see i thought i thought where you were going with that story initially was you know it's 420 somewhere so (laughs) (laughs) she was a little young for that (laughs) yeah a little young at that time all right get out uncle matt's gummies (laughs) geez uh These taste a little different than yeah, what I'm used exactly. to out of the package. Uh, so, yeah. Scotty, I, I slept well. Oh, yeah. No, we both did. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you how much I appreciate you doing this, man. It was great to catch up with you. It's been a minute. I hope we don't wait this long again. And I hope if you're, uh, you know, your, your travels bring you to the nation capital, you'll, uh, you'll come in and have a pint with us, man. I'd love to. And uh, I'm serious, too. Like, it'd be a lot of fun. Um, uh, you know, getting Versage on. And That'd be great. Like, let's do that. I, he's yeah, he's gotta, around. He's in studio gotta, now, fairly regularly. We could dial that up, no problem. So, yeah, well, we got a, We got a good history, and uh, he's wrong about every sports team he cheers for, and I'd be happy to remind him of that. You know, that part, I agree with you on. That's, uh, that's <laughs> yeah. now, there he's you go. wrong, Thanks, but he's Paul. he's wrong with great certainty in his voice. Like he fully believes what he's saying, but it's it's and isn't that the most important thing? <laughs> That's true. Right. Scotty Mack, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Anytime. Let's do it again soon, Matt. There he goes, man. Awesome to catch up with that guy. Someone who, just a genuinely good dude. Like, all of these names that you hear on this podcast from here in the Ottawa sports media scene, uh, you know, your AJ Jackiebecks, your Steve Lloyds, your Lever Sages, all of them, whenever I bring up the name Scott MacArthur as being one of the first guys to come in here, all go, yeah, not surprised. Scotty's a good dude. That's what he does. So, um, just someone that, that the whole industry thinks incredibly highly of. So happy to hear that he's feeling happier. I thought it was interesting that that's the way he phrased it. Not necessarily yet happy, but it's a journey. It's not a destination. He's doing better than he was. He's feeling better about himself, feeling better about his place in life. So that was fantastic to hear. I'm so glad we got a chance to catch up with Scott MacArthur. And and no doubt we'll do it again now. Uh, you know, we've gotten back in touch and, and uh, he knows the show. He knows we like to dabble in the craft beer thing. And I know he's all about that as well. So... We'll have Scott MacArthur on again here not too far down the road. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it. Make sure you're following along on social media at Tall Can Audio. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. My name is Matt Robinson. We'll see you next time. That's it. Not work under these conditions. If anybody wants me, I'll be downstairs at McDougal. Call the weekend guy. I don't care.